In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So today we, we reach the, the Sunday of joy in, in Advent, where we wear, we light the pink candle and sort of wear kind of pinky robes. Um, to acknowledge and understand the joy that comes from the kingdom of God bursting forth into the world. And a joy that doesn't always accompany happiness or doesn't always accompany, uh, you know, amazing earthly things in, in, in life. It's a, it's a joy that, that is deeper than that. This is the joy that Isaiah is proclaiming, that the one who comes uh, brings forth good news, uh, from Israel and the lame begin to walk and the blind begin to see and the deaf begin to hear and the mute have their mouths unstopped. But proclaiming that message doesn't always land you into just happy, clappy moments as John the Baptist sees and he says, you know, to his disciples, go find Jesus and say, are you the one we're waiting? Are you the one we're expecting? Is there another one? Right? We don't want to quite so psychoanalyze John the Baptist. He's the greatest born among women. You know, so. uh, but at the same time, you, you know, the way this thing works is the righteous people are supposed to repent. And the unrighteous people are supposed to be sort of cast off. And the unrighteous people right now who are not repenting, like Herod, has thrown me into jail. And what are you going to do about it? And the answer is, well, right, nothing. Go back and tell John the Baptist the things that you see. Indeed, the lame are walking, and the blind can see, and the deaf can hear, and the mute unstopped, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. The dead are raised. And then Jesus turns to the people after John's disciples leave and, and says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? Did you go out to see a reed shaken by the wind that is sort of politicians that will blow and this way and that way, depending on which way the wind is blowing? This isn't a new, a new uh, thing in the world. This has been from the beginning of time, right? Politicians blowing this way or that way, depending on which way the wind blows. Did you go out to see someone in soft robes? Did you go out to see someone, a king like Herod, who's, who's rich and lavish? Are you looking for this sort of wealth? Or did you go out to see somebody in camel's hair? Right? You went out into the wilderness exactly for what we talked about last week. Because you've been called to the wilderness to discover what your identity is as the nation of Israel. That your identity isn't wrapped up in this temple, and it isn't wrapped up in Jerusalem, and it isn't wrapped up in, in the Pharisees, and the chief priests, and the Sadducees. It's wrapped up in hearing the God of Israel who fed you in the wilderness with manna from heaven. Who gave you drink from a rock 
who brought forth the covenant that says, I will be your God and you will be my people. This is why he went into the wilderness. And our, our lesson today stopped a, li a little bit early because this is just the first part of yet no one is greater than John the Baptist. And Jesus goes on to say, for the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to accept that he is Elijah who is to come, he who has ears, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in marketplaces calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. And this is still right a true a true testament of, of what oftentimes those who are not experience the grace and power and joy of the kingdom of God continue to say as well right if things are growing great for you and God has blessed you in many ways then they say yeah, why are you so happy? Look around at the world and the, the famine and the darkness and the death and the injustice that's over here and over there. And if something bad happens to you, if you all of a sudden have cancer or lose your job or something, why do you still proclaim joy in God? Why don't you curse God and move on? Right, this is what the world continues to cry out. To the church, but Jesus says, if, if you know that John is Elijah, that is the one who's to come before the Messiah to proclaim the kingdom of God, if you know this, there's always going to be people to put you down. There's always going to be those who try to oppress. And this generation, sadly, now the chief priests and the Pharisees and those who should know better. Instead, generally, we're met with the words of a young girl who says, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. The Spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For this day he looked with favor upon me and has blessed me. Remember when, when Mary, in case you didn't know, that's who wrote those words. Remember this is Mary, who basically has been sent to Minnesota, you know, to stay with Aunt Bertha until that time has passed, right? You know, so she doesn't bring shame on her family. This is what's happening, right? This is Mary going off to Elizabeth, her relative who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And when, when she sees uh, Elizabeth, 
John the Baptist leaps like in her womb and, and Elizabeth says, you know, you've blessed me for being here, right? And Mary begins to cry out this song. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. God has looked upon me with favor and has called me blessed. Lots of people aren't feeling blessed when they are being shamed by their community, when they're being sent off, when they're being looked down upon. And it isn't like, stop here, right? I mean, Jesus is doing his ministry 30 years later, and people are going, who are you to talk to us? You were born in sin. We remember, right? Small towns, you know, they don't forget. Mary always considers herself blessed. And, and this is what we come this day especially to celebrate. That great colic today. Stir up your power. This is the stir up week. Stir up your power, O Lord. Stir up your power among us. That we can embrace this message of, of Mary. This message of John the Baptist's message of Jesus pointing to John the Baptist and the wonderful things that, that take place. The joy is more than just this happy feeling. Joy is this deep sense of God's blessing in us, working through us, bringing forth the kingdom of God in ways that we can't anticipate and can't expect expect all the time, that are countercultural to all the things that the world says. This is why we come to worship, this joy that infuses us, that we continue to read through the gospel of this, this the 11th chapter here, we keep reading it, Jesus sort of goes, keeps, keeps going with, woe to you, right? Woe to you, these cities. If, if this, this stuff happened in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented and been in sackcloth right now. But you continue, you continue to press up against us. You continue to think you're better. Woe to you, all sort of the, the cities of Judea. And finally getting to that, come to me, all you that travail and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This, this intense rest that we have when we come into Jesus, we come into the kingdom of God, we come to, to receive that, that hope and that blessing, that yoke, of, of walking side by side with Christ. When we're unburdened from all of those things that weigh us down. Not unburdened because they just magically disappear. Unburdened because now God is beside us. 
step by step to carry with us, to carry us through. The, that glorious image of, of, of a yoke is, is um, seeing that team of oxen, right? That's the yoke isn't just take my yoke upon you that, that you may learn from me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That we have this, this yoke of Jesus and that we're sort of pulling it. The, the glory is this image of Jesus being in the yoke with us, right? That we are we're side by side, lockstep, working together. And all of a sudden those burdens that used to just be ours are now ours. It's a glorious image. The, I, I've talked, I've talked um, before sort of about my own sort of testimony of, 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 of going deeper with, with God in, in, in faith when I, when I was leading youth ministry and uh, reading in the book of James, you believe good, even demons believe and they shudder. And that sort of launched me to this next this next phase and talked about my call when, when a priest uh, once said maybe God is calling some of you to full-time ministry and felt like he was looking at me but but there's another there's the great thing about about our life in Christ is there's always these moments right it's not just it's not just we talked about this last week when John the Baptist says repent it's not it's not this one-time thing right it's a continual life in Christ and and the same is true when, when uh, the reason that, that I, I not only continue to do what I do, but one of the things that I, that I love to do, to be part of this, is to pray and lay hands, because I know when, when I am being prayed for, I experience the love of God and the love of others on me, in me. Through me. That's why it's so vital to be a community of praying for one another. A community of people who, who do, um, and now I have to repent of my own. This is right, this is the peace. This is why the peace carries on and on and on. Right? Because there's something about that sharing, that peace of God's love and God's grace with one another that just brings forth light and joy. There's something about somebody praying for you that, that fills you not just with, with joy, but with strength and courage that you can continue to let those burdens go. That's the glory of, of this, this time, this message today is that things of this world, the oppression, the violence, the terror, doesn't magically go away when we come into the kingdom of God. What happens is the power of one another and the power of God is with us to help us through the difficult times. Help us through the burdens that we carry. That we stand alongside one another. And this 
is the joy that we have. This is the strength that God brings to us. And so, I don't leave. It's just one. I'm going to pray, but two. I do. I do want to encourage you if you're able to come out to the Sorrow to Joy service um, this week. That there is a little bit more of of really looking at that aspect of of those things in, in life that we have had that bring us deep sorrow um, that do lead to deep joy when we when we when we allow God to pierce those those events. Gracious Lord, we give you thanks for your presence, your spirit, and your love that fall upon us. We give you thanks for the hope and the peace that we have in you that brings us deep joy. Deep joy with our love for one another, deep joy for our love of you, deep joy for your love of us. Gracious God, I pray that you pour out your joy upon each one of us today. That you pierce the gloom and sadness, despair, hopelessness. And that you rest in our hearts, surround us with your comfort, surround us with your care, envelop us with your mercy. May we sing out that song of Mary. That our souls proclaim the greatness of you. That our spirits rejoice in your love, in your light, in your power. That you have done great things in us. That we are blessed because of you. Each and every day. Come, Lord. Anoint us with your spirit. Amen.